Welcome to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, with your host, Vanessa. On this podcast, we talk about who your coach is when the name tag comes off. What makes this coach tick? How did they get started? And what kept them going? What coach inspired them? Do they have any passions outside of coaching? And most importantly, what do they want their legacy to be? Tune in to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. You guys, today we have a very, very special guest on. Her name is Nora, and she is from Lifetime Rim, the club that I am out of, San Antonio, Texas. She is our team development manager here, or what we better know her as, Mama Nora. Always looking out for our entire crew, protecting us, and setting us up for success, and not letting us get into our own way. Welcome, Mama Nora. How are you today, really? What's something that made you smile this week, and what's something that made you just want to karate chop someone in the throat? I have to hear it. <laughs> Honestly, it's, uh, it happened just 30 minutes ago in our <laughs> team meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were celebrating one-year anniversaries for two of our team members and I <laughs> I got them balloons yes because they're like my babies yes. and it's their first birthday so um, Jackson took his and tied it around his waist <laughs> he is literally right now walking around the club with a big balloon that says you are so special <laughs> But he is so special. Jackson is is good people, for sure. And he is a wonderful addition to our team. He has an interesting story. He started with our club, and then, boom, quarantine happened. So Yeah, literally his first day. Yeah. His first day of cohort with DK. Yeah. Um, And then... He said, yeah, I'll get back to you when I know what's going on. I didn't even get to meet him. Yeah, we all thought this would be like a two-week thing. Here we are a year later, and we're celebrating our anniversary. (laughs) I guess if you want to call it that. And then, of course, Mike, um, everybody at the rim knows Mike. He is a wonderful asset as well, but we also joke that he just kind of slid in through the back door, and he, he has no official start date, so... Congratulations on y'all's anniversaries, guys. We love you. Y'all are essential to our team, for sure. Yeah, I think just the the wringing of the neck would have been the um, <laughs> the moment that you know we found out someone made a very polar opposite career choice mm-hmm. with uh, no notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, love that for us. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, really. <laughs> All right, we're going to go with this. It's just, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, okay. And, oh, wait, by the way, it's effective now. What? (laughs) But the the resiliency that has happened from us with the quarantine and the pandemic and the, you know, us being in Texas, we got the, you know, snow situation. We've had a lot of things where at this point... I mean, I remember telling to someone that in in a northern state, and she said, oh, you're in Texas? are you okay? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much how it feels living in Texas, let alone in this very new age world. Um, it's just been an interesting ride. But one thing that, you know, I can definitely say is that 
you know, your resiliency as a leader in our club is why we have continued to be very successful and running with the punches as we are, we are the busiest club in the nation. Um, but you know, we've known air quotes, we've known each other for a while or known of each other for a while, um, coming from a different gym of which will not be mentioned prior, uh, and it's been an ap- but it's been an absolute pleasure and honor to get to know you and work with you um, here. But what would you say that are some of the largest differences you have seen in teams you manage outside of Lifetime and then with Lifetime? Oh, yeah, 100%. First of all, it's the support. Um, the support and the attention that I'm allowed to place on the education and the development of the team members. You know, that, um, that was one of the main things that attracted me to Lifetime. Where I was before, <laughs> that was not exactly encouraged. Um, and, and, you know, so you weren't compensated for developing trainers or developing team members. Um, and so many of them were so young, they just really had no idea what they were doing. And so that was, that, that is the, by far, hands down, the biggest difference. Um, the onboarding process, you know, we, we run, I run the <clears throat> team member development pod every week um, where we just hash out things and we go through a lot of education. We still have our education meeting, but this is more for like the newer, newer team members to our team, but also newer people in the industry mm-hmm. that, you know, just haven't figured out a lot of things yet. Mm-hmm. So um, that's it. There's yeah, just that, the processes yeah, and absolutely, and that's one thing too that actually attracted me. We were sharing this, uh, I think, a couple of days ago. That's the innately what made me decide to jump was that I just was being, um, I wasn't being developed, and I had had no mentorship, and that's something that I also am very grateful for this opportunity to have this platform because. I can um, engage with people like you on this platform um, in all sorts of places for that mentorship. So if you are kind of struggling with your business, um, if you're in the same position or you would like to be in the same position as Nora, she is 1,000% someone to reach out to um, after this podcast. We'll make sure that you have her handle um, and you can obviously email her. But the way that she runs our team is a very tight ship and you could say that it's probably from you know her uh, military background and we'll get into that um that's probably just who she is also just as a person um you come across to me as someone that was innately born as a leader though and I'm sure that has come from how life has been thrown at you um you were already out and on 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 your own at 16 and you met your husband at a young age can you share what that experience was like for you being out so young. Absolutely, yeah, I, um, I'm a firstborn, I'm a Leo, <laughs> I'm Irish, mm-hmm. so there's all of that, mm-hmm. just <laughs> gonna preface. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, my um, family was uh, very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in that environment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the way I wanted to live my life, Mm -hmm. um, which is why it started as early as it did. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was a hostess at Bennigan's and my hubby was the dishwasher and, um, 
regularly, you know, he had the things that I was looking for, for <laughs> recreation, um, yes. you know, young kids. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I thought, I thought, honestly, he had a crush on my friend, um, April at the time, and he, uh, because he installed a car stereo in her car, mm-hmm. and so I thought that he was doing that because he liked her. Come to find out, he was trying to impress me, oh. but I didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> for him to install a stereo in. Yeah. So he was trying to show his skills, and I didn't get it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that, um, that, <laughs> that's how that happened. Uh, we were married at 18, um, and this June it'll be 23 years. Wow. That is a long-ass time. Something that I always yes. love to ask when I have people on that have been married for a very lengthy amount of time is, what's the secret? What do you feel like is y'all's secret for just enjoying your marriage, having a healthy marriage, keeping the love alive, whatever you want to call it? Understanding. Compassion and understanding. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then that, that man, that communication aspect is kind of key, right? I'm laughing because... I'm not, tell, we, I'm not saying that that's on point. Okay? Yeah. Even after 23 years, there's... there's you know there, each other's language. And I would say fight language, love better. language. Absolutely, a whole yeah. lot better. Yeah. Still misses it sometimes, <laughs> not going to lie. You're like, but really? He, but he realizes a lot faster now. <laughs> and we'll come back and be like, hey, I didn't p- pick up what you were putting down. Yeah. And, um, sorry. Now... You know? As much yeah. as you love your husband, which it sounds like you do, and you told me you just knew when you met him that he was meant to be yours, there have been countless moments, like we were just saying, where you probably wanted to strangle him. Um, and one of the moments being the unintentional, intentional moment where you signed up for the military because of him. Can you share that story and what it was oh, like yeah. for you coming into the military and especially as a female? Absolutely. That's a good story. Um, I, I was, uh, we were already married for maybe six months at the time. Um, I came home from work. He was having trouble finding employment at the time. Um, so I come home from work and he's like, Hey, he's like, I got great news. And I was like, what's that? He's like, I joined the military today. (laughs) And I like dropped my bags because I was literally like walking in the door. I was like, what did you just say? And he's like, I joined the military today. And I was like, you did what? And so after a few minutes of like screaming and throwing things, you know, <laughs> I was like, you have to be, you have to be freaking kidding me. Like, take me to this recruiter who thinks it's okay to sign you, sign your life away without discussing it at all, at all with your, with your wife. Yeah. It, yeah. And so he's like, okay, okay, okay. So we go down there. <clears throat> of course, I scream and throw things at the recruiter. Because I'm like, how dare you, you know? Obviously, no one at that age, no one takes you seriously. Sure. No one no one takes your relationship or your marriage seriously when you're 18 because they think you're an 18-year-old kid. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Right. Which you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but, to be fair. But there is, but that's also a valid commitment that was made by adults. Mm-hmm. So, uh, screaming and throwing things at the recruiter. And I said, all right, well, then what's wrong with me? And he's like, the recruiter, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if you can sign him up, you can sign me up. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I saw my husband's face kind of (laughs) go, what? (laughs) 
Like, because that thought, it never entered his mind, of course, because, yeah. you know, he's a man. Right. And that's not generally... What happens with Right, him. yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so, to this day, um, you know, he, he gives me a call and we talk about things, you know, before we make life-altering decisions. <laughs> really. Relates yeah. all the way back to that moment. Literally, yeah. I mean, I think we learned it really... That's a hard lesson to learn, but he... Mm-hmm. It, it worked. What do you feel like are some of the most memorable moments in your military career? I remember you mentioning that they gave you a position that wasn't necessarily a position. I remember you oh, speaking yeah. about your allergy to bees coming into the, that part of that story. Can we, I would love to hear that story yeah. again. So, okay. So the same recruiter. Um, so the process is you go in, you take this test and it tells you where your strengths are in all of these different areas, right? And that's how they place you into different jobs. Um, and so I took this test and he's like, oh my God. He's like, you can do anything you want. And, and I was like, okay, I guess I had scored high on the test. And he's like, so he's like, you can just go open general. I was like, what is that? And he's like, that, well, that way, you know, you and, and Denny can be stationed together because they had already picked his job for him. And, um, you know, not every job can be stationed with every job. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a, you know, so you have to be matched. Mm-hmm. And so the best chance of us being able to actually live in the same place, you know, stay married, <laughs> like be together, um, would be for me to go in open general. And then that way the joint spouse counselors in basic training could counsel me on the best possible decision for a job. Um, that would ensure, you know, that I had the highest probability of getting stationed with my husband. And I said, okay, cool, whatever. Um, then I leave for basic training a week before he did. Um, and I think it was maybe the third, uh, somewhere around the third weekend, uh, they say, you know, they take all of the open generals out of, um, out of our unit and, and we get shuffled into a room and I'm thinking, oh, this is where we're going to meet with these joint spouse counselors to figure out what we're supposed to do with our lives, you know? And uh, so there are desks, and they're like, sit at the desks, and they come around, they give us a list, a piece of paper and a pen, and there's a list of like 11 jobs, 10 or 11 jobs, I think, on the paper, um, with just their title. There's no paragraph of description or anything. Um, And then there's a number next to it. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> what's going on <laughs> sir excuse me <laughs> yeah sir um i was supposed to speak to the joint spouse counselor about picking this job to make sure i can get stationed with my husband whatever and he looked at me like i had four heads and was like don't fucking talk to me <laughs> just pick a damn job yeah what are you talking about yeah and he's like you have eight minutes and i was like shit so i'm like frantically reading through this list trying to figure it out so i read this environmental apprentice I was like damn that sounds cool you know what am I gonna be doing I don't know maybe I'll work at the recycle center you know maybe I'll like I don't know be developing property or cleaning up after bombs I don't know yeah you know but it sounded cool yeah so fast forward uh, we get to tech school which stroke of luck that both mine and my husband's tech schools were at the same base yeah we didn't even know that because it didn't know it didn't even tell us yeah so we're at shepherd air force base middle of nowhere um and 
I'm halfway through, it's, uh, I'm in the third week of a six-week um, tech school, which is a very short, they call it a Pop-Tart tech school. Um, by the way, I find out that Environmental Apprentice is not anything like what I thought it was. Um, you're literally a pest control person mm -hmm. for the base. Mm -hmm. So you're learning how to like crawl under houses and base houses and scoop <laughs> out termites. Right. And I'm um, not really enjoying it 100%. And one of the duties. Already. Then, yeah, the third week, they're like, hey, guess what? Today we're doing this bee removal and we're <laughs> going to climb a ladder uh -huh. with a box. Uh -huh. You're going to climb a ladder with a box. You're going to put the beehive in the box. You're going to climb down the ladder. You're going to put the box in the truck. You're going to drive the truck off the base, and you're going to let the bees go. No. And I was like, um... Excuse me? <laughs> I am, like, deathly allergic to bees. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to yeah. bees. It's yeah. in my medical records. Like, I've never lied about it, whatever. Yeah. Apparently, I wasn't ever supposed to be allowed in the military. That was supposed to, yeah, that was supposed to make me ineligible. But it was overlooked. No way. Yeah. I didn't That's find that crazy. out until years, years later. Wow. Yeah. So, so they reclassed me again. They gave me another piece of paper. And they said, here are the jobs that you can do. And I said, you know what? I'm about done with this nonsense. So... I look at the list and it says accounting and finance and I was like numbers make sense to me and guess what I didn't even have to move anywhere it right. was at, it was at the same base and literally there was Across only one wall, right? one female dormitory yep. for all of the tech schools because there's not that many of us right and so all I had to do was pack my stuff and move across the hall <laughs> yeah. literally move across the hall so and funny. I was like you know what that's the easiest one do it. Yeah, just get it done. And that's how I got into accounting and finance. That is hilarious. And not only did you have the hardships brought on by the military, but also during your pregnancy as well. Um, can you please share that story about your struggles through your pregnancy and how it ultimately inspired you to come full circle into what you chose for your degree and then now career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I experienced preeclampsia. And not just my first pregnancy, but my second. And this was while you were still in the military. Yep. I was active duty, yep. <clears throat> active duty for both of them. Um, first go around with Dylan, they said it's one out of ten first time moms get this. You know, it's nothing you did, nothing, whatever. It just happens. Okay, whatever. Eighty pounds of weight gain. Three three months of bed rest. Um, mental psychosis, <laughs> right? Uh, because I I don't I don't like to be confined, mm -hmm. and yeah, it was terrible. Um, it took me after having Dylan. It took me about a year, um, really, to lose the weight, um, and then, <laughs> and of course, the the nurses that I had they were very kind and very loving and everything. Um, but I don't, they didn't, I don't, they didn't, they didn't know what we know now for sure. And they assured me, they're like, it's only first time moms that ever get this, you know, don't worry, whatever. Yeah, that's totally not even a thing. It's actually that once you have it, you're more likely to have it again. Mm -hmm. uh, so not only did I not plan on getting pregnant with Dylan, um, I, we, we did not plan on getting pregnant with Ryan, our daughter. Um, but I, 
we're Irish and we're fertile. I don't know what to say. Like, it just, birth control doesn't work. Uh, all of the kinds. Yeah. Because we did all of the kinds. <laughs> and, and it didn't work. So that happened again. Um, and with her, it was worse. With her, I was on bed rest for six months. She was seven and a half weeks early. Mm-hmm. She was she was strong. She was only five pounds, but her lungs were developed. She didn't even have to stay in the NICU. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost died again. Um, and at, yeah, I'm five, five Mm -hmm. and at 225 pounds, I was miserable, Mm -hmm. miserable and all of the headspace, all of the depression, all of the craziness that goes along with that. And then on top of that being, you know, confined to a bed for as many months as I was, um, it was not a good place. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it because I couldn't hurt my kid. You know, there was nothing, no solution there. Um, my blood pressure has never recovered. Mm-hmm. So even though I am who I am and I do what I do and teach cycle and I do all of the cardio things, right? <laughs> I still have my blood pressure and I will always have that. Um, and our team doesn't help. <laughs> they test your blood pressure every day. <laughs> Let's see how when I can get through. Trying to get through a service champion video, yeah. and they just can't stop. It, yeah, yeah, you're right. That that doesn't help at all. They um, love to test Mama Nora. <clears throat> they do. They do. Um, so, yeah. And, well, especially the last year and all of those challenges on top of everything, that definitely didn't help. Um, but coming back to, you know, what got me into this is that I I – I did all of the wrong things. And I did them multiple times because I'm stubborn and I want to make absolutely sure <laughs> that it's not the right decision. Right. Yeah. yeah. Before I move on to the next thing. I'm like, right. oh, surely I've screwed this up somehow because it's supposed to work because I've read this and here's the, <laughs> yeah. So I did like, true I, scientist. I mean, I, yes, a hundred percent true scientist. So I went through and I, I mean, I did the Atkins diet, like, I don't know how many times. I did variations of that. I did the cabbage soup diet. I remember one time. Cayenne and lemon water. I remember one time <laughs> doing like this crazy thing where I was only supposed to drink um, the juice of green grapes for three days. What? It was insane. I think I started hallucinating by the end of the oh second day. It was God. crazy. So anyway, so I did all of these things, right? I did all of the things because that's what. That's so what when you, do. you sit with people now, you're like. Oh, tell, I've been tell there. Tell me. Yeah, because I've, I've done it tell all. Tell me. I've, do, I've done it. I know. I know what it's like to eat um, chicken, brown rice, and broccoli six times a day, every day, until you think you're literally going to die. Right. I know because I've done all of that stuff. Right. Um, but the point was is that I was not losing the weight the way that I wanted to. I would, like, yo-yo. I'd lose 30 pounds, gain tw- or lose 20 pounds, gain 30 back. You know, like, I, I just, I wasn't finding actual sustainable change. Um and I was getting so frustrated. And so I started doing research. That's, again, I'm a scientist. So I just, like, I, I want all of the things. So I start reading studies. And I start doing things. I start self-educating. I started ed- educating myself on, I think, what was really, like, my aha moment was energy in versus energy out. Because numbers make sense to me. Um, and finding out the actual science behind the foods that we're eating Mm -hmm. or what wait what we 
think we're eating versus what we're actually eating. Mm -hmm. That is when I got pissed. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you know, you think a Nutri-Grain bar is healthy. Now, was I mean, this it, all yeah. in your own research? Because yes. as, as, the, yeah, as yeah. the story follows, you were in the military. This is directly you, after my you, military yeah. service. Because with Ryan, pregnant. I couldn't, yeah, with her, I had to separate. I was medically separated. And I then, couldn't stand. And then after that, then when did school come in? Were you researching Not, before you went into school? Yes. Okay. Yes. The research is what drew me and said, hey, <laughs> Here are the answers. Yeah. You need to go get this certain recognized credential because right. then you can share your story and you can help other people figure this out so they don't have to go through the years of the self-hate and the back and forth and the depression and, like, all of the things that go along with not being successful right. in trying to change your body to make to be happy. So you know, through your you. own research, you're, that's also what helped you lose your 100 pounds. That is what helped me lose it, 100%. Yes, I'm going to say that me. one more time. She lost 100 pounds. Yes, uh, two years, almost to the day of my, sec my, my daughter's second birthday. Um, we, were, we were living in Colorado. We had a, um, a job up there, and, yeah, that was when the last eight pounds came off because I was hiking with her in a backpack oh. on my back every single day at four o'clock because yeah. it would rain and it was beautiful in the mountains. Um, but yeah, that was, it was my research. I figured all of that out. I lost the weight. Um, it wasn't until 20, either the end of 2009 or 2010 when the GI bill was amended, mm -hmm. um, for post nine 11. Mm-hmm. That is what enabled me to go back to school. I would have never been able to go back to school, especially to a private Catholic school. Right. Like, I just, I don't have that kind of money. Right. Um, and so when that happened, then I was like, oh, my God, I could, I could really do this for real. And people might listen because, you know, I'd have this credential that says that I know what I'm talking about. Of course, now I don't even, nobody ever asks me if I have a degree anymore. They're just like, they know I know what I'm saying because yeah. I can. Because yeah, because you can articulate it yes. in a way that, yeah, connects but with people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for the world because I learned so much from that experience. And, um, yeah, so that, that's what enabled me to go into that. But I was with the mindset that I was going to be a registered dietitian. Right. That I was just going to help people learn about the lies in the food industry in our country. But you were also looking at the impact from that dietitian's standpoint. So yes, that's and, when I got to school, mm -hmm. the GI Bill was only 36 months of entitlement. So I needed to get a four-year degree in 36 months. Mm -hmm. So I did it like I tend to do a lot of things, just full ass. <laughs> Foot gas pedal to the yeah. floor and just go, Let's right? Go. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm like blinders on, I'm I'm engaged, I'm focused, I'm moving, I go I mean, yeah, stupid things like eighteen hours in a semester. Like I don't even know how that anyway, the point is is that I got to the last year of school when you start like shadowing other RDs. And then I was like, Oh I don't wanna do this. Oh shit, what am I doing? What I don't wanna I do, do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crap, now what am I going to do? You know, I, I don't want to work in a renal clinic. I don't want to work in a school lunch program. I don't want to, you know, um, work the, the, reality the private, yes, the yeah. private industry. Every person that came to talk to her, their doctors had forced them to go talk to her. So there was that wall. Like, they didn't care. They didn't want to do it. They didn't care. They were like, 
she's gonna tell me to eat grass i don't know but she you know they, so yeah. they didn't they like check calories. off the box yeah so that i can go back to my doctor and say that i came to you for whatever help and i was like holy crap now what do i do um and i think that's when the when um i was voicing this to my mother-in-law um like crap what am i going to do with my life and she was hr for gold's gym mm -hmm. And she said, you need to be a personal trainer. I was like, oh, what? I, and of course, I would never done any research about the industry at all whatsoever. I knew nothing, okay? And just like the rest of society, I thought, I don't want to yell at people all day. Like, if they want to go to boot camp, go to boot camp. I did it. It's not that bad. Like, So your 100-pound weight loss was mostly nutrition-focused. It was energy in versus energy out. And it yeah. wasn't – it didn't have anything to do with hitting a, a strict routine. You didn't My, really dive into that kind of world of, like, working your oh, body yeah, out no. through – Yeah, oh, no. That's what's no, also no, very no, 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 interesting no. What I knew, about your story. What I knew was how to run, how to do push-ups, how to do sit-ups. Military. And how to hike with a ruck. Yeah, with a baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she was, uh, getting, she was getting fat. And yeah. I was like, hey, get your ass on my back. Let's go. That's calories burned, you know? Yeah, but we yeah. were also building decks and we were doing things like that. And so I'm like, hey, I'm going to unload the truck. That's I got amazing. this. You go do something else. I'll yeah. unload the lumber by myself. And then so it's like it was literal. I was learning farmer's carry and overhead carry. And things like, you know what I, what I know now. The names. But I didn't know that. Yeah. That's Where just the names how people came work. From. Yeah. That's just energy in versus energy out. Like right. you eat and then you That's burn. important to notate is that there was no trainer's assistance. There was no traditional gym setting. She actually just lost all of that by moving her body. So now Q, we get into start talking about the personal training as a career option. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, my mother-in-law was HR for Gold's Gym. Gold's Gym in San Antonio is a huge entity there. I think 25, well, actually I don't know how many there are now because I know they just closed for yeah. more. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, I said, what do you mean be a personal trainer? I'm like, you know, I want, I want a career. I want to help people. Like I don't want a part-time school job, you know. I, I want because I was still in school but getting ready to graduate. Yeah. Closer to the end. But the and she's like, no, 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 yeah. you don't understand. She's like, I ha we have trainers that make X number of dollars at these clubs, and they're it's, you know, real full-time work and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, really? And so that's when I started, like, thinking about it. Um, and I uh, – thinking about it seriously. So I was like, okay, well – most of these trainers only know the exercise. They don't know how to eat, right? Like a registered dietitian does. Right. So, because that my actual degree is the same one. Right. Um, I just, you know, never got. I I didn't go into the internship. Um. I think. Um, let's see. It was during that last year of school. So my mother-in-law was very influential in my life. She She knew how hard it was to go back to school as an adult, married with children, <laughs> uh, you know, disabilities and everything else included in that. Um, and so she was very much a sounding board. Um, I started the interview process, and I had three interviews um, at two different clubs not the best experiences of my life. 
I'll let you know, um, before she passed away. And I think it was, it was about two weeks after she lost her battle to breast cancer. Um, when I reached out to, I reached out to a, a, a GM on Facebook. And I said, hey, I know no one wants to talk to me because my name sounds like her name and they were all hurting, but I need a, I need a job, I need to work. Can you tell me what gyms are hiring and where I can just go start training people? And he's like, come to my gym. I was like, where's your gym? You know? <laughs> he's like, SeaWorld. I'm like, shit, okay. Um, so I get in my car and I go and he's like, you know, and he already knew me, he already knew my background and hired me right then and there. And that's where I started, mm -hmm. um, August. It was the end of August in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never looked back. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And then when we went into the idea of you being leadership. Yeah, so I was kind of plucked. When did that come in? Yeah, I was kind of plucked out of that. Like I started, um, you know, the equivalent of our frontliners. But at the time, through their structure plan, um, you had to hit certain metrics. You had to hit certain uh, a number of sessions a week, and you had to have certain education in order to be what they called expert training level. Um, and I made that in the first quarter, which was the fourth quarter of the year. Which is which is when a lot of people are like, "Oh, you can't build," and it's failing. <laughs> yeah, failing quarter. And, yeah, and in in the holidays and all of this stuff, and I'm like, "Watch me," you know. And yeah. uh, so I was there for a couple of years. I had. Um, become really successful teaching my own nutrition seminar, which nobody else was doing. Teaching my own kettlebell clinic, which nobody else was doing. That was um, super foreign in our in our company. Right, right. Yes, yes nobody was, was touching not, on nutrition other than giving not the very best bad, advice very that was advice. not science based. <laughs> very bad advice, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I regional manager uh, was sitting in on a team meeting. And I guess overheard, overheard my answers and wanted to talk to me after the meeting, uh, pulled me in and started interviewing me and was like, have you ever thought about leadership? At the time, I had already started thinking, look, I'm training 25 sessions a week. I'm teaching a successful small group training, basically like a semi-private, what we have semi-private now. I'm, t I'm teaching this. It's rocking. My seminars are rocking. Now what? What the hell else can I do? How can I influence more lives? There, yeah. there are only so many hours in the day. What am I going to do? And so I was already kind of getting to that point where I'm like, God, I need, What's to, next? I need to teach. Yeah. I need to train. Multiply trainers. yourself. Exactly. It's a pyramid scheme. Exactly. It's my own private but pyramid in most, scheme. In the most positive and influential way. Yes, because <laughs> now if I can mold and create other trainers to influence that solid, sustainable change in other people, then I, you Your know, impact I can just, multiplies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, he came in, he approached me and uh, started started interviewing me before I knew what was happening. Um, and then he says, well, you know, I need you to apply for the job. And I said, okay, well, where's the job? And he said, it's at Fiesta Trails. And I was like, oh, Great. Which, is a, which, is, which was the location that my mother-in-law worked at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I hadn't been there since I had cleaned out her desk after she died. So <clears throat> I said, 
man, I, I would really like to, but I'm not gonna be able to tell you that I can do that just yet. I need to go there and I need to make sure I can do that. I don't know if I can go there every day. See and her, feel her around. Yeah, that yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I got in my car and I drove the 35 minutes to the other location. I sat in the parking lot for a little while. Even though I'm crying now, I, I wasn't crying then. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but when I got there, it was insane. I did feel her, but it wasn't, it wasn't painful. Mm-hmm. It was comforting. It was, yeah. I, I, um, that's a weird location because it's two stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going upstairs to the, to where they have most of the cardio, I was looking out over the floor, and I just, I could hear her in my head going, girl, <laughs> look what these boys did to my gym. <laughs> you better get in here and clean this shit up, you know? And I was like, oh my God, I can do this. And so I went back and I told him, and he's like, okay. And so I did, um, I did everything I could there. <laughs> Um, Within your power. I did. I did. I influenced as much positive energy as possible in that place, and I, and I cultivated and developed as many team members as I could. Um, and then it wasn't long after that we stole you. <laughs> yep. Started getting these phone calls from, a, from somebody named Sarah from Lifetime, and going through my voicemail, I was like, what did I sign up for? Thinking okay, but you have to share. You have to share this part. I was laughing so hard. What did you think Lifetime was? Because that makes me laugh so hard. You didn't think oh, Lifetime was an actual fitness no, facility? No, 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 no. That didn't even re- that didn't even register in the possibilities. Okay, because I thought I had signed up for something. A subscription. For like Lifetime Movie Network or something, and then that's why I was getting these voicemails, and I just I'm kept like, deleting what? them. I kept deleting them, going, "Oh my it's god, like the what Hallmark I... channel?" Yes, yes, <laughs> and that's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. And then, um, uh, you know, my coworker who was also being recruited at the uh-huh. same time, he was like, "Hey." You need to answer, answer your voicemail. Answer the phone. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, are they calling you too? Did you sign up for something? Uh, and he's like, no. He's like, it's Lifetime. Like, at the rim. And I was like, what? I, I just, I was so oblivious. I had no, I didn't even know Lifetime existed. It wasn't even. That's yeah. so funny to me. It was, yeah, it was a crazy journey. So <laughs> how did, how did Mara have an influence and getting you into the health and fitness industry and then stepping into your power as a as a leader that is a female because um, I know that she still has a, a lasting influence and in how you hold yourself because even as you even as you said her words I hear you because I also I didn't get the honor of knowing her right yeah but I hear you, you. Hear I'm telling you. you the same thing exactly <laughs> I hear you in that voice so like what what do you still yeah. kind of carry through her impact and well not just not just professionally but like she was a force mm-hmm. she was a life force mm-hmm. like a magnetic one mm-hmm. one that our entire family mm-hmm. revolved around she was y'all's rock yes mm-hmm. um but then professionally mm-hmm. she she treated it the same 
Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thousand percent. It works. Mm-hmm. It sure does. No, Mama Nora cracks the whip, and you better be on your spot. <laughs> but I'm also gonna bring you cookies and a balloon, a balloon on your birthday to tie on your waist that yeah. says you're special. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. That is the wonderful thing about you is that we know that, you know, and we've discussed this too as as management here, that there is a difference between being a leader and a boss. There is a difference between being a leader and a management. It's not like, yes, of course, it's being disciplined. It's showing up. I feel like that's like the biggest thing. It's showing honesty, integrity, but also just showing up and being beside your your downline, right? Like your coworkers. I am not better than you. I am with you. I'm standing by you. And you've always, always impressed that from the get-go. Even when you didn't have your management position, you acted as if and you were just that type of person. Just because I think that's just in your nature and that's in your character, and again, like I can't say it enough that all of our teammates echo that where, you know, even when you crack the whip and it's hard for them because they're children's and, you know, they just, yes. they're crazy. I, it's I, like hurting cats every day. Oh, God, but they also is. just, they, they love and appreciate you as a person because you are consistent and um, we just continue to appreciate your presence in our gym. Um, now, something that you are also very passionate about, we mentioned it prior, is about food and nutrition and obviously helping people tap into their potential. What is something, I would love for you to kind of nerd out with us for a little bit. What would you um, like to share for people struggling with their relationship with food if they're maybe in their starting point of their journey? and you know, because when you were mentioning, when you were mentioning your experience being bedridden for the six months and gaining the weight, to be honest, what immediately came to my mind and my life experience was the quarantine because quite a few of us are still experiencing that moment of awakening. Like I'm tired of my own shit. I'm tired of giving this quarantine the, um, as the excuse to, you know, to eat, just basically be irresponsible. Yeah. And not do anything other than binge watch Netflix. Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's not to that's not a personal attack on anyone no. coming from someone that 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 was my coping mechanism when we were on quarantine. So I'm definitely I definitely personally connect to looking to food as a coping mechanism. But what would you do? What would you say to someone to give them advice of beginning how do they start because it's very daunting doing your own research not everybody has that mental energy or interest to do all of that themselves so a couple things come to mind um first trying to understand energy in versus energy out always because ultimately it's about living life in balance and if you are if you are taking in more than you're burning, you're going to gain. And if you are burning more than you're taking in, you're gonna lose. Um, but also understanding that all of the things out there are not as 
safe or as healthy or as like good for you as you Don't think they are. Interest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, even even shopping in the health stores and shopping in the you know what the label that's healthy. Aisle, exactly. Yes. Don't fall for it. If it is grown or raised, it's energy. It's clean. If that's good energy, mm-hmm. okay. If it's if it's grown or if it's raised, and most of the time, if it's in a box, it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really, I know there's a whole lot more to it, but that's, that's the place to start is start really figuring out what am I putting in my mouth and where did exactly. it come from? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because not only, you know, um, most of the people that come to me are for weight loss, but, but there are other things, you know, diet related disease is 100% by choice. Mm-hmm. And or lack of choice mm-hmm. and lack of knowledge a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so find somebody that can help you. Find somebody that can help you understand and learn the actual science behind what you're doing. Right. Because that is really what's, that's it. Knowledge is power 100% yeah. of the time. Well, and, pro- and legitimate knowledge. Like we have to look at our resources that we have available to us and if there's one thing that I would not shortcut it would be the investment inside your health because if it's not investing in knowledge and in a properly educated individual it's going to come back through your medical bills would you like to invest in your medical bills and your prescriptions and your doctor's visits, or would you like to invest in an, a highly educated person to shortcut, and I mean it, shortcut your way so that you're not constantly diet hopping, routine hopping. That's what I can 1000% put my hand down and say that if you are hiring a lifetime fitness professional, you are in the right place. Because, Investing in your life. Yeah. Yep, and it's through going and to be a lifetime because journey. <laughs> dialysis is expensive, mm-hmm. even with insurance. Mm-hmm. And it's not sexy. Yeah. I mean, the quality of life, you know, you only have one chance, right. one time that you're here. So how do you want to live it? Well, and just being frustrated with the, like we were mentioning before, the diet hopping. That's so real. Yeah. People constantly coming up and being like, how's intermittent fasting? What do you think about keto? keto? What do you think about low carb, paleo, blah, blah, blah. Like that is exhausting. So I I would definitely second her opinion in that find someone that's educated, ideally a fitness professional in lifetime, and sit with us and let's figure it out for you and with you so that we can enhance your life for the better. Um, now, between all your important influences from individuals like Mara um, and all the life that you've lived, what are three truths you know to be true that you like to impress on your team or loved ones? <sighs> oh, my husband is going to really give me some shit about this. So <laughs> I'm just going to let you know um, because... We were very, very young when we joined the Air Force, okay? But my three truths really are the the three values that you know that are that are the, the Air Force core values. Mm-hmm. And and those are integrity first. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person that deals well with 
deception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have time for it. Yeah. I don't have time for it. Just yeah. be real. Just tell me the real thing. And I want to be that for other people. I want to be able to, especially like when you're talking about nutrition, I want to give you the real deal. Right. Don't listen to this shit that you just watched on YouTube. Like, right. Whatever, you know, it's, look, this is how you can get here. Um, and I think it's really important professionally to be integral, to operate as an, as a person with integrity to, because in our industry, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of not, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that just separates, separates us more from the rest of the industry mm-hmm. because what you're going to get here is true and it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is service before self. Because I do, I do live to serve. This is this is it. It's the service industry. Mm-hmm. I'm here to make real, sustainable change happen for other people, um, and to and to teach other team members and other developers, uh, you know, that they can do the same thing with their clients and their member base and their people that are taking their classes and everything. Um, and the last one is excellence in all we do. And all I do. Mm-hmm. And that's because I don't have time for anything less. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, just why, why are you going to have to ask something? Exactly. Like, literally, I just told them that in my cycle class today. I was like, listen, you got two minutes and 49 seconds. I don't care what you do, but, I'll, but I'm going to ask you not to half-ass it. Yeah. And, you know, they laugh every time I tell them that. I'm yeah. like, li- literally, you ha- this is the last two minutes of this class. Yeah. I want you to burn whatever you have you're left. You're going to show up right just now. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Yes. Do it before you walk out the door because you're going to feel better if you do. Yeah. You know? I agree. And that's it. I, I, I like leading, but I also like I'm very competitive. Yeah. And I want to win. <laughs> everything all the time. At life. <laughs> Always Forever. and everything. Yes. yes. I want to have, I want to be at the top of the list, yeah. you know, in the region every time it comes out. I want to be, you know, there. It's, yeah. it's absolutely anything less than excellent is not, yeah, <laughs> it's, it not is. An option. It's, it's, it's not an option. It's not an option. And I think that that, that part of our mission statement, uncompromising quality, I was like, oh shit, I'm this in. is it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hell, they just told me, yep, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the mothership just called me home. I'm signing up for the subscription. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I need to be, I need to be here. I need to do this. This is, this is it. Yeah. yeah. I, that definitely, I can see that in your character daily. And, you know, you don't always find people that show up consistently daily maybe you get a hint of it weekly maybe you get a hint of it monthly and you're like okay I can definitely follow that person they're a good leader I'll swing it but you show up daily so I definitely just want to say again and again how much we appreciate you and I know that if there was any reason that you left our club you would 1000% leave a legacy behind because your character and work ethic speaks volumes and again many co-workers have echoed that but what do you want your life's legacy to be? What do you feel like you want to leave behind? Obviously, it's good to be felt. And the, the way that I still feel. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> the loss of the life force of my mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. She taught us so many things. Mm -hmm. And not just, she taught us the important things. Mm -hmm. I want my legacy to be that I made change mm -hmm. in a way that was through learning. Mm -hmm. I want to be remembered as, hey, I had this teacher once. Mm -hmm. Hey, I had this person I used to work with and they and she taught me this. Mm -hmm. And then they go on and they teach someone else. Mm -hmm. I don't want my, I don't want the oxygen that I consume to be wasted. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can definitely say that your impact on our team, like you said, it's it's not only about teaching someone science, which you have ultimately done for everyone. There's always a lesson that Mama Nora has taught you that you will use with your clients, but it's the impressionable character, the not wanting to disappoint Mama Nora that I think is even more impactful that you don't find in every individual the fact that we carry we carry such honor and respect for you as an individual that we it hurts us to disappoint you and you that's may not plan you may yeah you may not I mean that's a roundabout way but it's we but yeah but you do so all I'm trying to say is that it your legacy is happening whether you realize it or not your legacy is happening Nora, this means a lot to me to have you in this space because of our personal relationship. And so I hope that everyone can take something from this episode. I'm sure that they will. Um, is there anything also that you would like to add before we leave today? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the story of my tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, because I have... Obviously, it's a podcast they can't see, but I'm going to explain to you real quick that <laughs> I have a pink ribbon tattoo on the inside of my left wrist. It's on the left side because that's originally where they found her cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I have lost multiple people to different kinds of cancer, um, so it's a very sore subject. <clears throat> but inside the pink ribbon are characters. I have the Greek B, Beta. Um, I have the little tiny T for, that we use for time in the um, lab, the sign for helium, the delta change symbol, the micrometer measurement from the lab, uh, the one letter codes of my four favorite amino acids, <laughs> W, A, N, and T. And then I have a secondary symbol, and then I have C for carbon. So what it, what it all is there, um, it, it, together it reads, be, be the change you want to see. Mm. Um, and there's, that's literally it. Don't, don't, my, my grandfather used to say, talk about it, think it's done. <laughs> Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just be what you want to see and it'll happen. Well, and I love your, um, what you had mentioned too before, you don't want to be a waste of oxygen. Yeah. You want to make sure that your oxygen. Yes. Went because to you all of the today. oxygen that I consume, I don't want to feel, I, yeah, I don't want to be someone that should 
apologize to all the trees on the way home every day. <laughs> I love Because that. they've wasted their beautiful gift of the oxygen that they created that day. Oh, my gosh. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Nora, for um, blessing their ears today. Thank you for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, where coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human and their journey, and I hope to, to continue to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.